Hello, Terror Express listeners. On this episode, we have a wonderful person that you know from Girls Night Out and Friday the 13th. You've also seen her in shows like Loving, Handmade by Design, and Neighbors. With us today is from Friday the 13th, part two is Vicki, Lauren Marie Taylor. Hi, hey. Lauren. Marie, how Hi, are you? I'm good. How are you, Jason? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. You were one of the first guests that I reached out to when I started the podcast. This is the last episode of season one. So I thought that what a great way to end the show by getting you on here uh, to, to end first season before we go into the second season. So thank you oh, for I'm, being here and, and being sure. that that great ending of the season here. They always, you always end it with a bang and, and you're, you're a great bang to end it with. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to, uh, to be a part of it. And I'm glad to have that honor, but I'm going to actually speaking of bang and stuff, I'm going to get dressed right now because my house is kind of chilly. So I, I'm, I know your listeners can't see, but I'm actually almost (laughs) topless at the moment. So I'm going to put a sweater on. So close your eyes. All right. All right. You're safe. (laughs) Now, over 40 years ago, you made a little horror movie that some people may have heard of, um, Friday the 13th Part 2, obviously. Now, did you have any expectations when you were going into filming Friday the 13th, the, the first sequel of the blockbuster? Um, did you have any expectations of the floodgates that that movie was going to open for the rest of the franchise? Oh, no, not at all. Sorry if my computer makes funny noises, but that's what it does. Um, they, no. they all do. Well, you know what, uh, what was part one, what became part one, and originally was just, just plain old Friday the 13th, uh, it had just come out not long before we started the process of part two. And part two was not even called part two. It was called Jason. So I don't hmm. even think that the powers that be knew that it was going to steamroll into going into outer space and then involving other serial killers like Freddy. It, it, I really don't think anybody had an inkling to what it would become, the universe it would become. Uh, how has playing Vicky um, your life the most, whether good or bad, however you want to answer that, how has it most affected you today? Oh, it's been very good. It was interesting because all those years I was on the soap opera, there was that whole, you didn't do horror movies type of feeling. Yeah, You didn't talk about it when you did appearances. It was for the soap opera you know, horror fans didn't really come to the appearances that I was at for the soap opera, you know, so it was very different. It was sort of brushed into the side of my resume. Uh, But then now all these years later, it's, it's just wonderful. And I call some of my best friends are people that I've met on the convention circuits. So it's really been great for me, especially as a mature woman now, to have other people in the universe, you know, like, you know, Felissa, um, mm-hmm. Catherine Kami, um, you know, Judy Aronson, you know, all that whole group of people. And of course, the people in my own, you know, my own franchise that I, I've known forever. Yeah. So yeah. It's just so great to become friends with these women who have similar horror movie stories, who went on to do other things, whether it be a homemaker or you know, uh, a therapist or what have you. It's just been a very positive thing for me. Yeah. When did you first get bit by the acting bug? And what was your first, your first gig? Actually, you know, it's funny because I always mention um, uh, a high school production that my brother was involved with where they were desperate for um, a girl to be burned at the stake. 
Oh, no. I had no lines, no nothing. I just had to walk on and get burned at the stake. And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of fun. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I was kind yeah, of. Yeah, because who who girl. wouldn't think burning at the stake isn't fun? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was kind of a. Uh, it was kind of funny. Um, anyway, uh, so I really enjoyed that experience and it kind of got me out of my shy girl from the Bronx shell growing up. But I will say years, yeah. years ago when I was, I think, in fourth grade, our um, our elementary school had a talent show. Right. And I had played an angel in the nativity scene that Christmas. And then in the spring, they had a talent show and I sang some bogus song like green sleeves. I think it's called green sleeves. Da, 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 yes. like I think it's a Christmas song. But uh-huh. I sang. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And um, I got this, you know, yep. huge amount of applause and I thought, wow, I was just singing like I do in church, but then it, it didn't bite me. <laughs> you know, I just thought, Oh, this was kind of cool. But I mean, I, my knees were knocking and shaking, but it wasn't until high school where I, kind of like thought wow this is fun and i did well so yeah I stuck with it everyone knows <laughs> this, okay. everyone knows that you scare easily we've all heard your stories all of your fans know your stories so that makes me wonder is was horror your first choice of a genre to be involved in and how did it fall into your lap if it wasn't your first choice Oh, it fell into my lap. Absolutely. I had been doing TV commercials and I was a, I was a, you know, singer, dancer, actress type of girl. You know, yeah, I did it all through high school. And then when I was in college, I did it. And then I was auditioning for Broadway shows and came close to a lot of them. So close to so many of them. And so that was my first love. And when my manager at the time decided, well, Lauren, it's time for you to transition into film because that's what young actors do. And back then, you know, you go from doing commercials and hopefully to small film roles. And then you decide what you want to do. I had always wanted to be on a soap opera because I grew up watching my grandmother watch soap operas. And I thought, yeah, that looks like a really cool thing to do every day of your life. But I didn't think of it because I wasn't an actor or anything yet. So that when I was, you know, a teenager and my agent said to me, my manager and agents said to me, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? I said, I, actually, I see myself on TV, um, on a soap, on daytime yeah. TV, you know, or hosting a show or, you know, something like that. And they're like, okay, well, let's get you some film experience. And my very first film experience was actually, uh, I was handpicked by Woody Allen to just wow. be part of the school scene in Manhattan, of Dalton School. So, wow. and you know, eagle eye people can see me outside um, with another, with a guy and, you know, with my Dorothy Hamill haircut. And <laughs> yeah, that was my first film experience. And it was really a cool experience because he's very hands-on. I mean, he's like, you know, hey, you know, Lauren Marie, you'll be here, you know, and David, you'll be here and you'll be, just be chatting, you know, maybe look at each other's books, flirt with him a little bit. And you're like, but we're not even the main focus of this scene. Meryl Hemingway is, and you are, but it was really, that was cool. So then after that, audition for um friday came in yeah yeah. for uh, part two which was called like i said it was called jason at the time and the casting director for that knew me from commercials so it was just like all american hey you know i'm not gonna you know she's long gone but she called my agent and um she said uh would lauren be interested in blah 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 so she asked me i'm like yeah sure let's do it and i went in and auditioned and you know the girl next door you know 
in a box. Did you get it? Did you get it then and there, or did you have to wait for a callback? Um, no, I, I didn't get it then and there, but I didn't get a callback either. I just ah. got the part. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's now you said you watched you watched soap operas with your grandmother. You're thinking, Mom, that would be great being up there. What was your experience like on Loving? And did did you was it everything that you hoped it would be for? And what did your grandmother think seeing you on a on a soap oh, opera? She was nuts. For, well, yeah. the first thing she said to me was, "I don't watch Channel Seven, which is a affiliate <laughs> in New York." I said, I used to call her mop because she had moppy hair. So I called her yeah. mop. I said, mop, come on. You know, I, I, I said, I'm going to be on a soap opera. She goes, well, you're not going to be on it every day. And I said, well, actually, I kind of am going to be on it most days, you know, for how many years? 12 years. Yeah. So she finally started watching it. But she was big into another one called Another World. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think Russell Todd was on that one or maybe he was on Guiding Light. But anyway, it was uh, it was it was pretty funny. And uh she did wind up uh, watching it and enjoying it, but it was everything I expected. And then some, Good. yeah, Good. thanks. Yeah. I, I always, I always got, ex- my mother was huge into all my children in general hospital. So uh-huh. I was a soap opera kid growing up too. I watched it every day. I had a crush on Jenny and the whole triangle with, <laughs> with yes. Tad and Greg. I don't know if you're familiar with those characters. Yeah, oh, but- I, know, I know. I auditioned for the part of Jenny. You did. That's that's fantastic. That's amazing. And, you know, and I think the reason I had a crush on her was because of you. I think you're the reason why I like brunettes on on anybody. (laughs) Now, as I'm getting older, I like silver hair, but brunettes has always been my go to. Well, you know what? It was funny because I auditioned for another role on all my children and I got a call back for it. And they said, you know what? Her New York accent is too thick. So then when the part of Jenny came, um, they said, well, uh, what did they say? I went in and I had lost my New York accent. Okay. It's come back a lot, obviously, but I lost my New York accent. I sounded more like I was from middle America, you know, or from Ohio. They always said, are you from Ohio? Are you from Ohio? I'm like, no, I'm from New York. <laughs> so I went in and they called my agent and they said, you know what? Uh, Lauren is just not New York enough. And my agent actually said, <laughs> but at the last one, you said that she was too New York. But what they wanted is they want, they actually said this, that they wanted somebody prettier. So I was oh, like, no. okay, I'll take that. And then loving came along and I was like, this one I'm going to get. And I got <laughs> it. Yeah. And we that's improvised right. the scene a little bit. And I think that's why I got the role because yeah. we did, we stayed on book in terms of the script. Cause you know, it's a soap opera They're, The writers want you to say what they write, but right. the, the other actor who got his role also, he grabbed me and pulled me in for a kiss, which he wasn't supposed to do. And then I hauled off and slapped him. And we had worked this out beforehand because we knew each other. We had done a commercial. So we knew each other, very comfortable with each other. They loved it so much that the next day our agents got the call and said, you got the part. Do you, do you think in terms of, I'm going to add loving to this now when you watch, do you, I don't know if you go back and revisit the projects that you've been a part of, but like Friday the 13th, girls night out loving when you watch today do you think they've held up pretty well over all these years um well of course friday does because they're i think a lot of the horror movies are starting to try to go old school again you know yes you know vintage yeah vintage thing we saw american horror story do it we saw uh the other uh series do it so you know um I think that's held up well. Early soap opera, early 80s, I don't think it has, you know, um, 
a lot of the storylines wouldn't be accepted today. Things like that. And also the clothes yeah. in the early 80s were just horrible. So that's why that <laughs> wouldn't hold up. Um, but I, I look at later Mohawks. scenes. Yeah, right? Yeah. I yeah. do look at later scenes and I think, okay, that, you know, the second half of that time on the soap opera, you know, late 80s, early 90s, that works. Uh, Girls Night Out, I watched it because I was putting my website together um, and I had to watch it because a friend of mine helped me put it together and we were looking for clips from girls played out. And I was like, Oh my God, I, it's so uh, campy. I loved it. When I first saw it years ago, I hated it. But now (laughs) that I'm, I'm kind of enjoying, you know, things like that. I'm like, this this needs to be on Shutter. It's so funny. I I bought it actually on Amazon. Amazon Prime has Girls Night Out. Uh huh. They do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. And I yeah. watched it. I had never heard of it until about a year, maybe a year ago. And I'm like, oh wow, this this is an '80s horror film I've never heard of. How is how is that possible? So I ended up buying it and watching it, and I thought, wow, this is this is really good campy. But that's what makes it so fun: the campy, the cheese, the you know the way the dressing the the writing the delivery everything and your your range definitely took a 180 you're definitely not vicky and girls night out and i'm watching oh, no. thinking, wow this is this is a this is great this was yeah. fun it was fun yeah i forgot it's funny because they sent me a um they sent me uh the re-release of the dvd and they actually use my my picture uh with the yes. band as the cover which is kind of fun and because of this People are like, oh, um, I did a podcast where they wanted my husband on because I married the dorky guy in this who played Bostwick. Yeah. Nice. I was a Terry yeah. Lip Balm thought... who dances and bumps into people with the dorky guy. <laughs> I married him. And they're like, wait a minute, what? They're like, can he be on the podcast too? And I'm like, uh, sure. I mean, he's watching football right now, but I can maybe get him away from that. Um. Now, other than acting and singing and dancing and doing all your triple threat stuff and all these hats you've had on, is there anything that you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Not jump out of an airplane, that's for sure. No, I, I, I'm going <laughs> to not jump out of the airplane with you. <laughs> uh, um, no. it, well, I don't know if you know this, but I, I was a teacher, a first grade teacher for about 10 years. So I did that, that would be a great grade to teach. Yeah, it's it, it was challenging. It was, it, was, it was in East Harlem, so it was definitely challenging. East Harlem, oh. and then we wow. segued, we segue. We got us uh, opened up a sister school that I was a part of in the Bronx as part of the senior team uh, of uh, teachers. But in terms of doing something that I haven't done before in life in general, yeah, career wise, just something that you could say you've done, like not jump out of an airplane or <laughs> rocky climb, mountain climbing, or bungee jumping, or um, I would love to sing in front of a bunch of people in Madison Square Garden. I don't know what I would sing, but I would love to do like some pretenders. Yeah. Give uh, me a, give me a, let me put you in the ditch light a little bit here. Give me a little, give me a bar or a, a run of something. Do a little acapella. Put you on okay, the spot. So for those of you who remember commercials, I used to do the jingles. I had a contract to do the jingles for all the Burger King commercials for three years. And it was the um, who's got the best darn burger in the whole wide world. It was that one. Nice. So that oh, that's excellent. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I don't really have that singing muscle anymore because it's like any muscle. If you don't use it, you kind of lose it. And yeah. I used to have a really nice range. I did some uh, operettas uh, years ago when I was younger. See, I would have enjoyed those. 
Oh yeah, like avocado. Yeah, HMS. Yeah. So you know, but that was years ago, and then my range got shorter and shorter, and then I just started singing in the church choir, and that was about <laughs> it. Because you can kind of hide if you can't hit the notes. You're like, mm, I'll let the high soprano hit that note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you probably have a or had. I, I would assume you probably still have within that comfortable range that you that you would perform in today. Smoky, maybe. I were you kind yeah, of the smoky, probably- graspy kind of. Yeah, as long as yeah. there's a shower head over me that's running, I can do it. I won't even do it under shower head. Stop signs. No, not, I, I I would tell myself to shut up. I have no range, zero, zero range at all. Well, I sound like Steven Tyler now. So that, that I really go for in the car. You dream know, <laughs> on, dream on. <laughs> Ooh, nice. That see, that sounded really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do it back for you because I just I I can't imagine self-torture being enjoyable so or to torture you or my um, dog's barking at you when they hear you howling <laughs> over there far from howling i'm sure <laughs> do you have anything coming up any appearances coming up or projects that you'd like to promote you still right. acting right now, i know I you are actually yeah i do have something coming up um I, there was a working title i will say it is a horror movie and uh, i will say i'm not a victim I'm a mysterious woman that comes in. I've got, oh gosh, I had a three page monologue that I had to give. Wonderful. Was, and while driving a huge old truck, like nice. the four by four type of thing. Like a, uh, I think one of the original Toyota Tacomas. And I had an original Ford runner years ago, but this one was not a stick shift. Mine was a stick shift. So I had a, I have dialogue with um, a lot of dialogue with the, uh, with one of the actors in it. So that's supposed to be coming out in the spring, but I signed a non-disclosure. So I have to keep mum about it until I understand those. I... But that was great. I filmed that up in Canada and a place called Sault Ste. Marie, which is the opposite side of where you are, yes. you know, of that um, Northern Michigan area. So that was kind of cool. And in terms of um, uh, cons coming up, the schedule for me for 2023 hasn't come up yet. So if I do any, it'll probably be more late, late spring and into September. So I'm hoping to get out. I'm hoping to get out West a little bit and hopefully down South a little bit more because I stayed in the Northeast. We'll we'll begin our express route. Now I'll ask you a few questions and you just answer off the top of your head. Okay. Now the tagline for the movie Poltergeist is it knows what scares you. If the other side knew what scares you the most, what would they use against you? Ooh, as much as I see them when I'm hiking, I'm with Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I do not like snakes. Mm -mm. I take pictures of them. I jump over them. I see them. I take videos of them from afar, but I deep down inside, I really do not like coming face to face with the snake. Nope. When is the first time in your life that you recall being afraid of something? Oh, oh, early on. Um, I grew up across the street from a cemetery. Hmm. And I saw, um, gosh, I, don't wanna, I guess it was a ghost, but I had insomnia when I was a kid. I don't know why. I just did. I just, I just couldn't sleep. And I remember hearing something somewhere in my brain in the hallway outside of the room that my brother and I shared and the bathroom was right next to our room. 
And I turned and looked. And when I looked, I saw this woman in this long, white, really old, old school nightgown with a nightcap holding a baby in her arms. And she looked at me and then she Mm. just went into the bathroom and I just pulled the covers up over my head. Uh, There was, oh God, there was that. That's one. And I think the same year, my mother and her boyfriend took us camping in a camper. And here's where the snake thing comes in. He yelled out, there's a snake out there where you're walking. And I ran so fast, like crash into a tree and smacked my head against the tree. Staying within your childhood here, do you have any childhood nightmares that you still remember? Something that you've kept in your mind your entire life? I mean, I guess I had a dream when I was younger that a friend of mine was outside and somebody came and chopped off her head, like with Mm. a machete. But that was very a very quick dream. But most of my most of my nightmares were happened when I was awake and when I saw ghosts because I've seen I've seen them and you know twice I was woken up you know the one with the bathroom and and then one upstate when my grandmother's sister died and I saw her and then my grandmother saw her because she yelled out Gladys what are you doing here you're dead and I was like okay I'm not crazy I did see Gladys okay so those are the those are the kind of nightmares I have but like night things that wake me up that are real yeah do you still see you still see them now? I know a lot of times when you're younger, you see them, but as you grow older, a lot of people lose that ability. Do you still see them, whether it's intentional or not? I had a nightmare recently. I have a family member that is extremely, extremely ill. I mean, extremely ill. And I'm in charge of taking care of, of her. And I'm sorry I, to hear that. I have a lot of very active dreams right now because of looking at this every day. And at the same time, my dog barked and our border collie does not bark at anything. In the middle of the night, I woke up to a guttural voice saying, she's dead. Bam, the dog oh. barked. And I woke up and I just went, uh-uh. fuck, fuck. Pardon my French. I'm sorry. My no, you're fine. You can say whatever you like. You want to oh, say fuck, okay. you can say it. But yes. it totally freaked me out and I couldn't get back to sleep. And all I could think of was... Do I go into the room and check or don't I? Do I go into the room and check or don't I? You know, and I was just like, okay, just breathe, just breathe. But he stayed alert. You know, usually if I say to, you know, my, my husband, you know, he's always sacked out. He's like, oh, yeah. But I, I'll say when it's <laughs> Most husbands time. are. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if I say to the border collie, it's sleepy time, he'll curl back up and go back to sleep. But he's, you know, with his border collie ears, he just oh. stayed awake, you know, and finally he calmed down. But I thought, oh my God. Anyway, so that was a that was a recent nightmare that I had. Oh, so that sounds nightmare. terrifying. Did you go back to sleep after that? Not for a very long time. Is that yeah. is that one of the more terrifying supernatural yes. things that have happened to you? Yes, absolutely. Because it was so malevolent. And normally the the <laughs> the things that I see are usually white and they're usually go by the window because we have a burial ground not far from here that was disturbed. A few people put up McMansions and disturbed the burial ground. So Mm -hmm. for the past, I would say six years, there's been more activity in terms of the dogs, you know, being alert, the cats stopping in their tracks. Uh, We have one cat that's an indoor outdoor and she'll come running in through her cat door and there'll be nothing out there. 
you know, so yeah. there's a lot more activity here because of that. But that one that I had, I believe it was about two months ago, that one hit me because I've never had a mean one like that um, express anything to me before. It's always been just right. like, you know, I'm just passing through <laughs> or hi. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I feel like, all right, you got to go. <laughs> you got to come that white, that white light kind of version of yourself if you're going to stay here. And oh, and give me back my remote. They, that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, where's my sock? Where is my sock? <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what will be your legacy? I hope that people remember how I made them feel. Everyone who I've met, I hope they remember because yeah, I love that's beautiful. I love people and I love meeting people, and I feel like I'm a very genuine person. What you see is what you get. That's and great too. Yeah, I'm. I I just feel like. And I used to tell this to my students in first grade too. They used to say, Miss Lauren, why are you always smiling? And I said, because it's easier to be nice. I want to ask the listeners in the comments, put down your um, most terrifying supernatural experience and or a nightmare that you remember from your childhood as well. Like this video, share this video, comment and subscribe to the channel for more fun coming up in the next season. Lauren, have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for being here. I had such a great time with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Same.